Welcome, everyone, to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, Clint Maxey, Zach Ruley, and Parker Biggs here. Uh, we're really excited to be back after a uh, couple weeks off. Uh, had a couple things fall through interview-wise, uh, but we have big plans ahead for the off-season of college football here, uh, including a lot of interviews. That's one thing we want to start focusing on is really getting some one-on-one with uh, people involved with the game. And that's going to start off this week. We've got two uh, with Eddie Radosevich of Sooner Scoop and with Oklahoma State defensive end Trace Ford. So we'll go ahead and hop right in with this interview with Eddie. This last, what, two months has to have uh, been pretty pretty hectic for you, Eddie. Uh, did today kind of feel like, I guess with signing day tomorrow, like today, tomorrow, kind of the cap on what's been a pretty wild couple months. Yeah, I've been covering Oklahoma, uh, I guess, since I graduated in 2010 and a half months. Really, since the end of the Bedlam game has been, I mean, it's been as crazy as I can ever remember it, just from an unpredictability standpoint. Really, the entire season, I mean, as as crazy as everything was with, uh, you know, like Rattler getting booed. I mean, going all the way back to like the summer we've been on the podcast on my own. It's like, since the guys got arrested, uh, shit has just been insane. And it's... Kind of like I, I more specifically, though, like the last two months, I mean, I since the Bedlam game and since everything that went down with uh, Riley and, you know, even, you know, I think Oklahoma fans know this, even going back into, you know, the end of the season and the last three weeks, how everything ended. Uh, strange. It's been weird. And, you know, I, I think that covering Oklahoma, we're just not used to having to go through a coaching search, having to get like I work for Kerry Murdoch and uh, Josh McQuishan over at Sooner Scoop and. For 20 years, they've never gone through like an actual coaching search and um, just the unpredictability of it. And, you know, just kind of, I guess, being up close to everything and how it all turned out with Brent coming back and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, as, as, as you guys said today, with uh, kind of the closing of a chapter that I think a lot of people have been wanting to close for uh, a long time, it was like there was I, I joke around with people. It's always kind of funny. It's like. I did go to school for broadcast journalism, so I do have a degree in journalism. And so to be able to like feel somewhat like I'm not a complete total failure and do a little bit of journalism every once in a while uh, is kind of fun. So yeah, that, re- real quick, like, specifically, because I haven't I haven't even really thought about how it all turned out uh, mm-hmm. after Bedlam in a while. Did you find out more about the timeline of when you started? I know it was probably talking during the season, but specifically around the Bedlam game after, did you find out a little more about what happened after the game and that following Sunday? Not really. I mean, I, I think everything that, you know, is kind of like outlined is, has been put out there basically. Uh, you know, I, I think that like everybody had that sigh of relief when Carrie asked Lincoln about staying at, uh, you know, or taking the LSU job and right. Uh, you know, everything is hindsight is uh, always 2020 on that, but like you would back and probably worded it a little bit differently. But, you know, I, I think it, if anything that we took out of it was just the fact that everybody was so blindsided by it. And uh, you look at, you know, kind of the way that the players reacted. I remember meeting Jason Kersey and Ryan Aber up at the uh, parking lot across the street from the Switzer Center on Sunday afternoon when everything kind of like was going down in the middle of it. And I just remember talking the coaches that were leaving the facility and uh you know it's just like i think they were all in shock i think they were in shock just as much as everybody right, and right. uh so no like i i'd love to have like this like awesome story about like 
Caleb, Cal- I mean, uh, Caleb Williams, like riding back on the, uh, the, uh, the, the separate car, like I know has been alleged out there, but I don't know. Like I, I, I haven't heard any of that, like for uh validity standpoint, but yeah, it's yeah. been, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> like that, that 24 hour period outside of maybe in a completely different scenario. So I'm not really kind of, I'm not comparing the two, but that scenario was as close to a crazy 24 hour period, probably as the Joe Mixon stuff, uh, you know, like the night that everything happened at Pickleman's and uh, kind of the fallout from that and like the revealing of the video and all that kind of stuff that like would later come. It was, it was close to that just in, in terms of like craziness. And then you also had like the real life aspect of it of like, holy shit, this is actually happening. And so I guess for that, it's like, kind of loosely connected with when Bob retired during the middle of the summer of 2017, but still it's just like it, they're all so different in a way, uh, you know, as, as surprising as the stoop stuff was, I went to bed, like, you know, the night after bedlam or, you know, Sunday morning. It's like, okay, like Lincoln Riley's going to be here. We're planning on doing a wrap up pod for the season, kind of like a shutdown, like an exit interview type thing. And to wake up like an hour later, uh, be being thrown on clothes and, you know, jump in the shower because we got to go down to Norman to cover this thing. It was just it was incredible. And then, like, from the moment that that happened to, you know, really early signing period, which was like a week after uh, Brent was hired, it was just insane. It, it was it was wild. And I think that. You know, because it's Oklahoma and because there's such a big following, obviously, uh, there's going to be rumor and innuendo. But it was it was fascinating, like the the circle that everybody made as far as like immediately on that Sunday afternoon, like we did the like the emergency podcast. And then like, you know, four days later, it was, it was kind of one of those situations like, why isn't why isn't it Brent yet? And yeah. then, you know, obviously made the full circle all the way back to Brent and standing out there on the tarmac at Max Westheimer was just – it was insane. It was wild. Yeah. How much truth do you put in? Because Lincoln said that it all developed to USC in, like, the span of 24 hours, correct? I mean, I, I think everybody kind of feels like that's bullshit. I, yeah. I don't know when he officially made the decision. I – I've wrestled back and forth with this idea that he knew going into the Baylor game. I, you know, we, we did that NIL stuff with uh, Isaiah Thomas and he talked about how weird things were in those final couple weeks. And, you know, looking back on it, obviously people are going to say, Oh yeah, this was different or this was different, but I don't, I don't know, man. I like, I know it was reported. I think CBS put it out there that like his agent had been in contact for, uh, you know, basically the entire year. Uh, or at least going back into August or early September. I like, and, and the other thing is, is too, is like, what if Caleb Williams scores and they, they tie the game and all of a sudden they're playing in the big 12 championship the next week. Like I find those questions to be even more fascinating just as far as like what would have happened. And uh, you know, we, we talked to some of the people out of Los Angeles that felt like if Oklahoma was playing the big 12 championship the next week, USC was going to probably move on. And like, which is even more like just screwed up and thinking like what could have been uh, if all that kind of stuff happens. But, you know, obviously it didn't. And that's just revisionist history. And I, you know, I, I think you ask Oklahoma fans, they feel things have ended. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, like, I, I don't know. I don't know like what the timeline was. 
Uh, I would love to know, though. I would love to hear some of those conversations that were happening inside the Riley home at like, you know, whatever bullshit he said, like four or 5 a.m. Yeah. I can say all this now. He's blocked me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I, I saw you got the block. You got the block yesterday, right? And I, yeah, it's they, like the one of the. You thought you made it through. It was one of the first times that like I truly feel like I didn't do anything. Like usually I kind of know what I've done, but I don't know what happened here. So, so how the, it was how the, the meeting it was with the, the attorneys go this morning? Huh? How'd the meeting with the attorneys go this morning after the separation? Oh, it, it went good. We're coming for everything. We're trying okay. to get ch child visitation right. So, so hopefully, uh, hopefully the kids will be the kids and Caitlin will be coming back to Norman every other weekend. <laughs> was the tip you had with Tulsa football? Why is the is the block still <laughs> there, or is that? I I mean I guess it could be. It's up for uh, uh, like. Uh, I guess it's up for discussion on if I deserved it, but it was the 20. Can't remember. It would have been like 2012 ish, 2013. They were playing a game up at Navy and had a bad spot at midfield. If you guys remember that. And Tulsa would have like, if I think if they would have won, they would have hosted the conference USA or the AAC championship game. One of the two. I can't forget. I can't remember what they were in at the time. I think it was the AAC. Uh, but they would have hosted the game. And I think John Hoover put something out on Twitter. Like, and this had been like a string of like three or four weeks that Tulsa had been kind of screwed by the referees. And he said, you know, obviously they're screwing Tulsa because they want the game in a bigger stadium. They don't want to have it up at Chapman. And I think I just made a there's about Tulsa football enough to screw them. <laughs> and uh that's that's what uh that's what got the block but I mean, it, it ended up well for him they unblocked me and they went to a bowl game and won a that, won a bowl game in a baseball stadium that is a very john hoover sounding tweet yeah yeah like i, I <laughs> like excuses for tulsa football before the game's even over sure sure and i like but it was like i think that it was like a it was like a pivotal portion fruit on like a uh on a spot at midfield i even want to say and I think they ended up like it was fourth and one. They ended up losing because of that spot. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they would have played like Houston or somebody. It might have even been Navy that was implicated in it. But yeah, that's that's what happened there. They got all their good luck back in that two lane game two years ago. That's ever happened bad to them. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was like every they they fumbled them. Quarterback or everything that could have gone their way went their way. Yeah, that I mean, the, Tulsa, they they play with fire a lot. It seems it's an Addy game they should have won. I remember yeah. watching that over at uh, Cat's Tavern in Oklahoma City, and it's like great spot. Oh, it's a it's a it's a classy spot. Anytime, anytime I'm in town, I'm at Cat's. I mean, yes, absolutely. favorite bar in Oklahoma City. Cat's in the Nichols Steps. Hills. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a great spot. It's a great order food, and they don't care, and you just bring it in. I'm a, I'm usually a fan of. Yeah, and uh, what night's karaoke night? I've seen some. Is every uh, night karaoke think, night there? I think it's Friday nights usually okay. are the uh, the karaoke nights. Yeah, they, yeah. it gets gets interesting. It's an it's an eclectic crowd, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I back into the whole time frame of you know last two and a half months. So, I feel like leading into the Alamo Bowl, most OU fans were feeling pretty good about Caleb Williams coming back. He's, you know, going to play in the Alamo Bowl. Why would he do that if he's leaving town? And then right after the game, 
I feel like that confidence kind of started waning with some of his comments. At what point, and since that Alamo Bowl game and since he entered the transfer portal, like, did you feel like, okay, not going to be OU? Probably. I would, if you would have asked me on like Monday, the game was on a Wednesday. If you would have asked me on a Monday, I would have said, I still think he's coming back. Like everything that we had been led to believe was, uh, you know, things were, things were outlined. Like, you know, he had gone through practice, everything uh, through the bowl practices. He had treated all his teammates, even to the extent of, you know, telling some guys that, yeah, he was going to be coming back. They had nothing to worry about. And then I remember I had a couple conversations on Tuesday, the day before the bowl game uh, that, you know, there had been some folks that had been hanging around the team, hanging around, uh, you know, even Bob himself. And it sounded like he was kind of worried. And that was the first time that like alarm bells went off. Like there's something there's probably. And then it was almost like a tidal wave by Wednesday morning, the day of the game. I talked to a couple, I got done with radio at like 1030. I got, um, I talked to a couple more people and it was like, yeah, I, I would, I would be surprised if he didn't at least enter his name into the portal. And then when you get into that conversation, it's like, I, at least my personal opinion is like, if you're going to enter the portal, I think the Oasis situation was a little bit different. Bray Walker's situation was a little bit different. If you're going to enter the portal, usually you have a pretty good idea that you want to get out. And I think once that happened, and then obviously with the connections, um, I left San Antonio. Uh, I, in fact, I remember calling Carrie on the way back from San Antonio uh, Thursday morning. And we kind of talked about like, the, he's going to enter the portal. I, we, it's, it's a, almost a foregone conclusion. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rest is kind of history. And I, I think that, you know, just everything that like, not every, like there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes. I don't think that there was a, a whole lot. It's a lot of it's been reported, but, uh, just kind of everything that went into like him going into the portal and then, you know, for how many days it's been since, uh, since he entered the portal and then with, uh, you know, uh, I guess Tuesday's announcement, it was just a long drawn out process that like, I think a lot of people that had questions about like, what's taking him so long? Why isn't he just announcing for USC? I have the same exact questions. I, I really don't know. Like the, the drag out process got to a certain point where it was like, you know what? Like, you know, F this a little bit in a way. Why are they continuing to drag it out when, you know, I think a lot of people, kind of felt like it was going to end the way that it did yeah i was that was one of my questions I was going to see if you had any any idea why yeah it had gotten to this point i mean the only i mean could it have been like for a splash right before signing day that's kind of the only thing i could think of but, yeah I mean, like who is us even in for at the last minute that would that would be like i i just can't think of a real reason no, and, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've done here over the last couple of months, and particularly since the early signing period, has just been go out and get transfers. And they've had to because, uh, you know, I, I think anybody that follows college football knows that USC was terrible in 2021. They're going to have a in that roster. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not one of those people that's saying, like, oh, Caleb's not going to have any success. They're going to be awful. I think they're going to be really, really good. Like, I, I still think that, you know, as, as, as unpopular as it is to say around here, really good coach. Uh, he still 
you know, tied Bob for the most wins in the first five years as a head coach in Norman. So uh, they're going to be really good. You add that on top of the Pac-12 sucking. Uh, I think that, you know, they could end up being really, really good. I don't know if I'm ready to necessarily crown them as Pac-12 champions or send them to a college football playoff or any of that kind of shit that was out there uh, today after he made his announcement. But I, I, they are going to be really good. They've done a lot of uh, really good things through the transfer portal. And, you know, again, it's very good. Like, you look at their schedule and what they're going to have to kind of navigate it should be a pretty easy schedule. And especially for a school like USC that, uh, you know, can, can get players in there. It's probably easier to add to the roster in uh, Los Angeles than it is in Corvallis. I, that's just a, a simple fact. So I don't know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see like what, how quickly they can turn that thing around. And just like all the other BS that goes into a football program that I think a lot of the Oklahoma media had their, uh, kind of I guess problems or you know I I guess kind of some of the stuff that a lot of people disagreed with Lincoln and the way that they ran the program just from a media aspect fascinating what he's going to do with uh with with some of the uh the media members that are used to being able to just go up and uh interview guys whenever at practice and do stuff like that so you got to do that it's a little bit different than uh than in Norman where you can kind of control the narrative yeah. I was going to ask that too, now that you mentioned it, uh, what, what do you see? I don't know if you've been able to tell so far, but what, what is going to be the difference between Venables and Lincoln media wise? Cause I, I've always heard Lincoln was really secretive and you mentioned practice, but what, yeah. what other things? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we went from Bob who was pretty paranoid, like the Bob that everybody saw during Alamo prep is not the Bob that like I was indoctrined to when I took over and, uh, kind of started covering Oklahoma, like right out of school, even. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. We haven't had a whole lot of media availability. Like tomorrow is the first time we're going to be talking with uh, uh, Jeff Levy and Ted Roof, uh, offensive and defense coordinators. It'll only be like the third time that we're talking to Brent Venables. I know that like Dabo was pretty open with the media at Clemson. Um, I could see Brent kind of adopting the same mindset. Uh, but again, like, I, I think that he'll probably make adjustments to it and, uh, there will be differences, uh, you know, with obviously with Clemson and Oklahoma, but out of right now is having to do stuff on zoom. Uh, you know, I, I think that that has been the biggest frustration is just the fact that we haven't been able to do player interviews in person. I mean, we're still doing zoom, uh, down at basketball games and stuff like did that. You, so did you ever get back into the in-person stuff? Was there like a gap there, like in the summer or anything uh, in fall camp? No, we, it was all on zoom throughout the entire football season. And, you know, like I, I, I got frustrated with that throughout the season and would voice my displeasure on uh, social media. And probably that's not the best way to go about things uh, because it's not the sports information department's problems. Like I didn't love that. Yeah, we had, uh, I got sent to, to the principal's office a couple of times this <laughs> burst uh no he did not but like there's only so much they can do about it i realized that i just got frustrated with it and you know hopefully uh you know fingers crossed by the start of spring football we'll be back in uh in-person interviews we did in-person interviews at the bowl game but that was mandatory uh by in person they were still on a podium and it was still kind of awkward so 
you know, hopefully, hopefully it's open, open practices or anything like that. Uh, but to go from what Lincoln was, which is like, I mean, you guys saw the stories about like the OU daily kids that like, <laughs> yeah almost got their eyes gouged out and hands cut off because they were pra- they were spying on practice. They should have. Oh yeah, sure. Uh it it was just like it was insane uh the type of lockdown that Lincoln had over a lot of things. And I think that like you kind of see it now with like the alumni and nobody really said anything at the time, but like even a guy like Kenny Stills, I saw he said something today on Twitter just as far as being able to get back to the program. Uh, you know, you've seen the support staff with the hires of uh, Norman and, and Curtis Lofton, Caleb Kelly, and just getting guys to be back around the program, a program that I think a lot of the alumni felt like they weren't welcomed. Uh, and, you know, that's just almost insane to think about, uh, considering where it came from with Bob, and especially in the early years uh, when, when he wanted a bunch of those guys around. So it's going to be different. I just I don't think it's going to be like as open as maybe we hope it is. But then again, at the same time, because if they if it was open, I could easily see myself bitching and complaining that I have to go to practice every day to see what's going on. <laughs> Especially if they got early morning practices, that uh, does not sound ideal. I know, is and Kerry, like that's that's, that's going to make you go out there, and that well, that's another thing. It's like over the last two years, I think since like COVID had started. Uh, they had moved practice to the mornings and they're done by, I think 1230. We'd start doing post-practice interviews around 1215, 1230, 1245. Uh, back in the day, like when, uh, here's his head coach, they would practice in the afternoons and want to get done until about 530. So I'm a, I'm a fan of getting done early because that means that we can get done at a decent hour. And with morning radio, I don't have to be like racing home at, you know, 7 30 8 o'clock to be able to uh put up post-practice notes and video and all that kind of stuff and then having to go straight to bed so i'm a fan of the mornings i hope that they keep it and i think that the players were as well so all what right. uh for dylan gabriel I was, I was just curious it feel i feel mm-hmm. like it all happened so fast did he visit and did he commit that weekend i kind of forgot how that all worked out i think he i don't think that he ever uh I don't think that he ever visited before he I I was told he reached out to Oklahoma the morning after the Alamo Alamo Bowl. And I think that like they had him and Levy had obviously talked before. Uh and then he quote committed to UCLA. But I think it was kind of a situation as far as he reached out to them the morning after, and I think it was it was kind of uh are you sure? Like, I, I need to know because I need to enroll in these classes. And I forget how the, the timeline breaks down, but I told like the morning that it was okay. So it would have been the morning that Caleb Williams entered the portal. I remember posting something on Sooner Scoop, basically outlining like, yeah, we expect him to enter the portal. That happened like two hours later. And then like it kind of coincided with that day being the day that you had to be in class if you're at UCLA mm. and he hours away from starting classes at UCLA. And uh, I think that, you know, so Williams obviously enters the portal. He gets a hold of or catches wind of it. 
or Lebby had told him like, hey, maybe, you know, take the late class on that day or whatever. (laughs) And, um, you know, as it turns out, it was like as soon as Williams entered the portal, I was getting phone calls basically saying not only is Gabriel going to be very interested in Oklahoma, I could see it happening tonight. And sure enough, like we had everything ready to roll. Um, I think Williams entered the portal officially by, or, you know, made his announcement, uh, you know, I want to say about like one thirty. Uh, by five thirty, we were expecting Dylan and Gabriel to make an announcement and it just wow. all happened so quickly. Uh, you know, I, I guess Oklahoma is kind of lucky in a way because I think that there was, uh, you know, say Caleb Williams waits another day. I think Gabriel was fully intent on starting classes at UCLA. And, you know, as things turn out, it would have been quite the, quite a disaster for Oklahoma had he started those classes because I don't think he technically would have been able to transfer to Oklahoma. So it's weird, man. Like the, the portal stuff has changed, you know, drastically how teams put the roster together. Obviously, I'm sure that you guys know and aware it just it, it's wild how much it really has changed everything and you know especially with the way that teams put together recruiting classes nowadays as well just because work that how many spots do you want to take how many guys do you want to take as far as the high school and all that kind of stuff so it's it, it's it there's a lot of moving parts right now in uh, college football but uh you know i i was a fan i'm a fan of the transfer portal they do need to probably I don't know if it's putting a window on it to where you can like a a, a point where you can't enter for a while or do something because it is probably a little bit out of control. Just kind of like the NIL stuff. They're going to have to do something about that as well. Nick Saban kind of called it too. He's like, look, we're probably going to schools because they're going to want to come. He's gotten a kid from LSU, Georgia. He's getting players from rival schools that simply play for him. Yeah. One of my buddies said it best. It's like, Alabama is basically using other bitch schools as like a minor league. It's a minor league. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like go, to, go to Georgia Tech, stay for a couple years. You can come over in, uh, in, in three more years. It's, it's, it's wild. And, you know, I, obviously those schools are always going to – the rich are only going to get richer. That's how USC's kind of redeveloped. There's their raw – you had a pretty good uh, semester in the portal, you know, adding a couple – even a kid from Oklahoma State – Ohio State's done the same. OU's done the same. Uh, It's pretty obvious what schools are going to benefit from being able to use uh, the transfer portal. And they're like, I'm all for it. If a kid doesn't want to be out of school, like, I don't think they should have to stay by any means. But they have to figure out a way to manage that because there are. And the the sad thing is there are a bunch of kids that end up getting screwed and probably – uh, you know, leave for a greener pasture when in reality they could have just stuck it out and uh, probably ended up playing and getting on the field earlier. Like Joe Burrow is a great example of somebody that used the portal to his advantage. Yeah. Gundy talks about it too. There's just so many in basketball as well. This is a big time issue. So yeah. many in the portal and just not enough spots. There's legitimately yeah. not enough roster spots. So you have kids that are just, they stay in the portal and aren't playing, they're just waiting around to hopefully get on a roster somewhere. Sure. And, you know, OU's lucky that they there is a portal in place because they wouldn't have had any uh, any players. They I yeah. think they had nine or ten new guys on the uh, on portal. Uh, it's wild. And even, like, I see the flag behind you. It's like, OU golf team has taken advantage yep. of 
the portal in a massive way. Like Ryan Hibble has used it as a recruiting tool. Uh, you know, got her obviously up. Jonathan Brightwell and then uh, got her up here over the got her up's number one player in the country, right? Yeah, coming yep. from Rutgers. Yep. So he's an all Big Ten guy, and all of a sudden he's the one man on Oklahoma's team going into this year. So it's wild. Like baseball is a little bit different. Uh, I, OU had a couple kids that went in and out. I think uh, Bofrin ended up over at Arkansas, but still, it's like I the you just got to be smart about it, I think. Uh, and I guess, you know, in a way, I haven't had these conversations with any coaches, but I think if you're just honest with a bunch of guys, everybody kind of knows the score. Like, you guys have all been on teams. You know you're not going to – if you're not going to play, yeah. you know the situation. Um, and, you know, for the, for a bunch of those kids, if they can be real with themselves, and if a kid is, you know, at OU and ends up wanting to go, uh, it, can, it can actually probably end up working out for them. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, one guy that didn't – well, did not use it well, in my opinion, was – or the way they were acting leading up to it, Latrell McCutcheon. What a bizarre, bizarre yeah. deal there with him. You know, kind of talking down on the old coaching staff. And then, I mean, I get – I think his position coach is going to be – is not going to be Manning out at USC, but still. It's kind yeah, of weird. It, that, that was insane. That was really, really weird. And, like, I – I wouldn't ever claim to know Latrell real well. Josh McQuisha knows him. He had a pretty good relationship with him out of high school. I met him a couple times. We went down to Austin and uh, covered one of his games. But his personality is like that a little bit. Like, I think he loves the drama a little bit. Likes to, likes to talk a little bit on Twitter, put things out there, which is completely fine. It just, it was weird that, like, his dad and uncle are talking shit about everybody that he's now going to play for again. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like the, the most like 2022 recruiting, like circle or like just in a box comments that you could ever see. I, I like Latrell. Like I, I think that he's going to have a good career at USC. It just, he thinks he got screwed this year. I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma was, was okay at the, the cornerback position. I, I did have questions why you didn't get into the rotation more, but uh, you know, I, I guess I'd have to refer to uh, Alex Grinch and say that I'm not there on Tuesday, Wednesday. So I don't know what goes on at practice. <laughs> All right. Clint really. You guys What's your, I am actually curious um, your thoughts on OU basketball so far this year. They've had some lineup shuffle. Yeah. Looked yeah. a little better last night. Harkless got some minutes, but. It's just so tough, man. I mean, I you guys know watching the Big Twelve every year, or I mean, uh, night in and night out this year, uh, you they've hit a rough spot. Obviously, to lose six to seven, uh, it's not you know losing last night to TCU is a little bit unacceptable. That was the first night that I think that I walked out of there thinking like they got they got some problems. They're gonna have to find something uh, going into Bedlam, and like you just don't. No. Uh, and you know, they had to, they had to throw together a roster. They don't have enough shooters right now. They don't have enough consistent shooters, uh, from, you know, from this year aspect, it's kind of looking like it might be on the disappointing side. Maybe they still slide. I think they were still on the nine line today, uh, according to Lenardi, but they're gonna have to find, uh, to win some, some basketball games here coming down the stretch. Cause it's not going to get any easier. You're going to have to probably sweep the rest of your home games is that that's including uh, beating a team like Texas tech next week. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they're going to have to steal one, whether it be in Stillwater on Saturday or Manhattan 
at the end of the year. They probably need to try to get one of these back that they lost to TCU. Uh, but from like a program standpoint and from like, uh, you know, a Porter Moser standpoint and what they're doing on the recruiting trail and what they're bringing in, I think the future is really bright. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that love CJ Nolan down there. Bijan Cortez has been great for him. Role at point guard. Uh, they have a really good recruiting class coming in. I, there's a there's a guy named Benny Schroeder that's from Germany that they feel like, uh, like baby Dirk, if you will. I don't think that he's Dirk by any means, but um, just one of those Euro guys that they they feel like can play a little bit of everywhere out on the court. And then uh, the Otegua kid from uh, New Jersey is supposed to be really really the type player uh, that I think a lot of people were pretty excited about out at Peach Jam. Uh, over the course of the summer, and then the uh, the Milos uh, Uzon kid from uh, Arizona, Vegas so slash Arizona. They're, the what? They're losing a lot and gaining a lot, then, right? Yeah, they're yeah, really- yeah, yeah. They're they're losing quite a bit. I mean, they're going to solve Jacob Groves back. They'll lose Goldwire and Shagwa. Well, or no, Shagwa. Will Marvin Johnson be back? Marvin Johnson. I don't know. That one's kind of weird. Like, I, yeah. I think that he was a grad transfer, but I think that he has gone. The one thing that over the course of the last few years that has really screwed me up is the question of, so does this guy have a COVID year? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, I we can't know. keep up with that stuff. Well, yeah, we were, doing a, we were doing an interview yesterday with Trace Ford from OSU. Yeah. I, said, have you, I love I Trace. Said, yeah, he was awesome. He's great. Uh, so we said, are you – I asked him, are you – like?" Are you graduating? He's like, no, I'll graduate in May. But then he's proceeded to say he still has three or four years left of eligibility. Like he, dude, I don't think he was actually certain how many years he had left. Dude, it, it's so like I get it to a certain extent, but then when you throw in a kid, it's like, okay, so he took a red shirt in 2017. Yeah. And then even like some of the OSU guys that were on the defensive side of the ball this year, it's like, wait, so how many years does he have left? I, I really don't know. I wasn't like it, that Malcolm was totally done. I was like, he might yeah. have one more in him. I, I'm not sure. Same yeah. with Death Harbor. Well, Brock Martin's so coming weird. back. That guy's old. Yeah. Him and Brendan Evers on the defensive line are both coming back. I think it might be their seventh years, respectively. I know. That makes me feel old. Because I remember watching uh, Brendan up at uh, Bixby way back when. Doesn't Brock have like a, like a three-year-old kid or something? Like yeah. married? Like There was like <laughs> a couple of them that had, had children. Like running out on the field after Bedlam, I was like, "Oh my god, I feel really <laughs> right," which is awesome. It's it's cool that they that Mike lets the, all those guys like come around and stuff. Yeah, no. It's also, speaking of Bedlam basketball Saturday, we might have a higher scoring football game than basketball game. Oh, that's there's gonna there's be a very disgusting. there's a very good chance of that. Very much <laughs> offensively challenged. Both sides are. They play hard though. OSU they do. Yeah, they play. Knock it up. Oh, they play so hard. No, there's there, there's not a team in the country that wants to play like the bottom of the Big Twelve. Like I'm serious, if OSU wasn't being screwed by the NCAA this year, I why wouldn't the Big Twelve have a chance to get ten teams in? K State even has a chance. You lost my yeah. look. I really don't think TCU is that bad a team. Like I don't know what their projection is for bracketology. They're, Mike Miles is a really good basketball player. Hey, they're solid. Yeah. Was that was that was that Devonte Lampkins? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, thought, yeah. Lawn, Lawn and them actually. I, I think you might go back and check, but I'm pretty sure OU offered Eddie Lampkin. He's a, uh, a and I don't boy. know if it was like a committable offer. He's massive. Like he makes. Yeah. Somebody tweeted me last night, and it was so true. Rose is a pretty big guy. 
and he just towered over him. I I, I, I yeah. agree though. Jamie Dixon's a really good coach, and I think that um, I think TCU uh, they're like fifteen and four now, four and two in the yeah. conference. State, yeah, and OSU's still gonna beat teams. Like I, it, it's so weird to say it right now, but like OU and OSU are battling it out for the last place in the Big Twelve, basically. Uh, with Kansas yeah. State in there as well, but it'll be interesting. Should be a good Tough game uh, Tuesday night with uh, out in Lubbock between Texas. Oh and Texas my gosh, we were just talking about that before. We that is, I, that's the most excited I've been for a college basketball game in a in a long time. I mean, you talk about just an absolute shit show out there. <laughs> I bet, I bet Lubbock the last. I mean, people, it has to be like OU Texas level vibes out there as far as. People just not going to class and camping out. And yeah, all I saw your stuff. tweet saying if you go to class today, you're a loser. And as somebody who also didn't Absolutely. go to class very often, like this would be the perfect excuse not to go to class. Oh, okay. yeah. No, no. Like, tomorrow, tomorrow, though, too. It's not just today. This is a two-day break here. Tomorrow's the understood, and then you get yeah. into Friday, and nobody's going to class. So right. it all, it all kind of rolls, rolls together. I wonder animosity levels what's higher tonight or Baker's first game back in Lubbock. I would assume tonight tonight. tonight. I bet it's you're dead for them. Yeah, I bet it's tonight. And the thing about it is, is I was I was down in Lubbock for that game. It was crazy, but I think everybody kind of I'm not gonna say that they were like took it easy on it by any means, because it was a it was a rowdy atmosphere, but just being indoors, I think changes yeah. the aspect of it yeah and with it with with beard also being i don't know maybe i'm wrong about this but with beard being like a grown-ass adult yeah it yeah. seems like it's gonna be like the fervor is gonna be increased even more i just hope it's a really good game you saw the bus the bus ride in last night and yeah. apparently mark adams and chris beard got i'm not gonna say altercation but a heated discussion in the tunnel last night after their walkthrough but or shoot it's gonna be insane. And and have you guys been to Lubbock before? Yeah, I have not for, never for three OSU games. I've been down there. It's it's, it's fun. Like I had buddies that went out to uh, I I had OU buddies that had high school buddies that went to Tech. So we'd go out there and stay with them, and we were always pretty cool with them. But Lubbock's just a different town, man. It is a legit spot, though. Chimmy's is as good as yeah, it gets. yeah. Oh, I, I've always yeah. had a great time. Yeah, I know that anywhere you can Mormon, anywhere you can get a DP shootout is good yep. by me. I mean, that's you know they might have their little quirks, but you know it's a it's a fun ass college town. We had a lot of really good times out there. It's it's uh, it's changed that's for sure over the last 10, 15 years. But it's it's always that's going to be like one of the spots that I definitely I don't know if I say miss going to, but I've always had a kind of a a soft spot for uh, the Lubbock's and Ames of the world. They're fun. Yeah, They're so fun places. Your, you've been to them all real quick. What's your like, I've hit them all, but Morgantown for logistics reasons, but what's your yeah. top, top three best and your top three worst, I guess, in the big 12. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I I've always loved Stillwater. I've had a really good time up there just from going up there and spending weekends with my friends. Um, uh, the best, I mean, Morgantown is just a different yeah. fucking place. Morgantown. It is <laughs> awesome. It is, it's a lot of fun. Like, I can see why, like, all the videos that you see of Morgantown and the people partying balls all the time, I can see why they, why people go to West Virginia. 
was it Spruce Street or whatever that they have the big parties on? Yeah. Uh, like burning like couches and tossing and them down. Yeah. 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 Morgantown is awesome. Uh, we've always, OU's always somehow played out there, though, where at least the, the majority of the time, I don't want to say it's been every time, but they've been on Christmas break or Thanksgiving break. So we haven't really ever had like the full like bar experience the night before. And we also stay in Pittsburgh. So we don't stay in Morgantown too often and kind of slide in for the game and then slide out of there. Um, I mean, Waco, we usually stay in Dallas. So it's not like Waco's horrible. Oh, Waco's yeah. Bad. I don't think anybody's necessarily going to crickets to just get shit faced. <laughs> um, Lubbock's awesome. I have partied there quite a bit. I think Lawrence, like, is a great. Oh, Lawrence. I don't know if I could have gone to school. It's fun on game days, too. Weirdly. It's fun on football game days. I don't know if I could have gone to school at Kansas, but just because I love college football that much, but, like, from a just a college town atmosphere, I've always had a great time in Lawrence. Manhattan's a little bit different. Like, I've always felt like Manhattan is a little bit like a – Almost like a smaller Stillwater, if you yeah, will. Yeah, no, this that's what I thought the first time getting out of the car. Like Aggieville, is, Aggieville's yeah. cool. Aggieville kind of reminds me of the strip a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But Lawrence is the bowl, the what is it, the bowl, the wheel, and the hawk. Uh, the, the, the hawk, yeah. Kind of like in a little triangle right there. But the hawk's awesome, especially if you're like 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> we were uh, we were up there on uh, I guess it was this past year, and we went into one of the bars. Uh, it wasn't the, like off that main strip. I forget what that street's called. Uh, like the wheel is yeah. Mass and all that, but it was like a block over is closer to the hotel. And we just went in there for a couple of beers and it was like one of those moments that you look up and say, I'm the oldest person in this bar. <laughs> I, I don't think that there is a 21 year old in the, it was like a, uh, it was like a Luna. It, it was a Luna around in Norman when you got uh no was that the mexican spot across from yeah the it would have been like chimmies or chewies or what went yeah, over or there? brothers i mean it would have been brothers yeah right? yes, been... yes 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 it would have been like that it would have been like a brothers on a on a wednesday thursday night yeah. and it's like looked around i told Curzi, i was like man i feel like epstein in here we need to we need to leave <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah and was with you yeah you yeah. had to get you had to get out of there i, yeah, I it love was, Curzi's it work fun. i'll preface with that but yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> uh yeah. So okay. So then, what are your what are you most looking forward to SEC town wise? Oh, I mean, obviously the tailgates. Like, I I think that just from a I want to go check it out standpoint, I got to get down to Oxford. I want to be able to do that. I had some buddies that went down there, fraternity brothers that went down there. Uh, Would have been two thousand nine for Old Miss, uh, Old Miss Alabama. And I didn't go. And that's like, to this day, one of my life's biggest regrets. Uh, so I want to get to Oxford. Knoxville was pretty cool. Been there. Uh, I think just seeing all the SEC towns that, you know, nobody really ever talks about. Like, I've heard Starkville is pretty fun. Starkville Starkville's really cool. I think it's called the Cotton District. It's kind of their little area. Yeah. Um, some cool bar. Where in Oxford is? Legit. It was, it was a really cool spot. Yeah. I, 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 Starkville, I want to get down to Starkville. Not so much like I don't really care about Gainesville, I guess, would be great. I, I'm not really sure what to expect. Fayetteville has always been awesome. Go over there for row week or whatever. But, uh, I just like College Station. I, 
went down there one time. I had a pretty good time. I wouldn't say that it was just over the top, but it's a little weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think like just that entire like aura around college stations is a little bit strange, but uh, you kind of you, you kind of know what you're signing up for when you go down there. So uh, I'm excited. A cultish though. feel to it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Very hey, much. The C word. Whoa. <laughs> it's tough to have a bad college town in all honesty, though. No, you it really know, is. Yeah. That's it the is. like that's the underrated like not underrated, but like I think that's the like anywhere that anybody goes to college, it's still going to be your college town. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even if it's like a little you know shithole bar. It's still your place, so you're gonna love right. it. College um, town is just like kind of a makeup word. It could be a terrible town, but a college is there. You went there, and it's just oh yeah, it's just college town. It's a good college. Town. Right, right. <laughs> like I'm sure that the I'm sure that the uh, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but I'm sure that like even the kids in uh, they go to like SNU has found like a bar over in Bethany that they love going to. You got to sneak oh, yeah. back on campus, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the one that I don't know about ORU, ORU. Might not, I don't know, Stumbling yeah. Monkey, maybe. I'm not sure where first and Lewis. Yeah. yeah. It's in There's Tulsa. Bars, it's like known as an ORU oh. bar. Oh, no, no. I, no, no I was, God, no. That's just, known as a that's South my... Tulsa mom and dad bar. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, a, it's, a, it's the jewel of South Tulsa. It's a great spot. Okay. 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 Yeah. It's like the, the bar for kids that are in like their parents that grew up in South Tulsa and went to Jinx. That's it's the Christmas <laughs> break ball bar where we yeah. all go. Okay, yeah, I'm talking your language now. <laughs> yeah. he, that that was like the uh, there was a Henry Hudson's off of uh, Western, kind of over by Cats. Uh, that's like I think it's a Yo Pablo now, but it, it used to be a uh, Henry Hudson's, and we would go up there on like the night before Thanksgiving, way back in the day, and uh, it was awesome. You smoke cigarettes inside, like nobody cared about anything. It was, <laughs> it was beautiful, beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well. I don't know if I've got anything else. I oh. think uh, I think we've got it all about covered, Eddie. I mean, really, for sure, really appreciate absolutely, guys. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, I, really, I appreciate you guys coming, uh, having me on. You're the man. You bet. That was our interview with Eddie Rodosovich. Uh, thanks, Eddie, so much for joining us. That was a really, really good interview. So let's uh, hop into a little college football news before this year. A uh, couple things of note. Uh, first is that. Jim Harbaugh is being interviewed by the Vikings. And now it seems by like information that we just saw before we started recording this, that it's looking like uh, it might be going in that direction. Uh, what are y'all's uh, Harbaugh's return to the NFL? Um, he's a really good NFL coach. Uh, as quirky as he might be, I think it was a little more endearing to some people when he was in the NFL versus how it is at Michigan. Um, the the rumor has always been he's not big on the NIL stuff and transfer portal, which makes a ton of sense. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but um, I think he's – I'm not going to say an idiot or smart for jumping to a job, I, but it's the NFL, it, and he has a proven track record. Um, really good hire by the Vikings, if true, and it'll be interesting to see who Michigan goes and gets. I would make a full-blown pursuit after Luke Fickle, even though he's an Ohio State guy, and Iowa State's Matt Campbell. Campbell. Excuse me, but those would be my two guys I go after. I don't know what him, so we'll yeah. see. Weird, uh, weird deal. I mean, I get it. If I'm if I'm Harbaugh, I'm, you know, is there a better time to to make the bolt? Probably not. I mean, you're in the Big Ten East with Ohio State and Penn State, so 
I get it on his part. His name's hot now. This is probably the time to, to jump ship to the NFL if you're going to. And I agree with you. I like those names as guys to watch out for. Iowa State fans thought they made it through the offseason, but uh, that seems like a job that has Matt Campbell's name written all over it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Day would – or not Day, but uh, Kent or Fickle would go just because of the Ohio State ties. But that would be really interesting. It, it'd be tough to turn that down, especially Cincinnati losing a lot, not going to be as good next year, but – I'd bet on those. Two. I mean, those two against the field, hundred percent. Those are my name. Those are my names. I'm sure they have a Michigan man they want to go after. Maybe they want to stray from that now that they've had the Michigan man. Right, and it right. didn't up until this year has not been very uh, successful. But we'll see what they what what route they take. Yep, agree with you there on those on those names. Uh, some other uh, significant news in the college football world: Jackson Dart is uh, heading to Ole Miss. So. Uh, we got the Caleb Williams news today, but a day or two ago it was reported that Dart uh, would be heading to Ole Miss. Uh, really, really good get for Lane Kiffin, who I think has, according to 247, the number one uh, transfer uh, portal rec- uh, recruiting rankings. That's a thing now. Uh, actually, wait, yeah, yeah. I think they've got the number one number one transfer portal class. So, uh, really, really good get for for Lane Kiffin there. And along with, with Dart, he gets uh, Michael Trigg, a really talented tight end. So uh, nice haul for, uh, for uh, Lane there. It's definitely uh, a new era of college football to flex the transfer portal rankings. <laughs> I saw, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lane was all over that. that. Yeah. And yeah. obviously we'll never know the true extent of it, but I feel like, Oh, you would have had a better chance with Dart with no Gabriel, if they could have sold him on, Hey, you're going to be the starter day one. Uh, it's kind of tough to pitch a kid that highly touted to come be the backup when he got a taste of being the starter last year at a power five school. So I don't know how legitimate a shot you ever actually had. I think, I think I would bet on dart being the guy had Gabriel not have uh, committed, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I, he I wasn't good. He was never going to, he was never going to go to OU. I mean, he wanted to go somewhere where he could start, and I get it. I mean, that's just the world. Ole Miss is a great opportunity for that. Yeah. Lane, obviously, putting yeah. you know his stock's hot right now with quarterbacks, but um, yeah. it's definitely a good get for Ole Miss. Really good get. You you combine you know those two guys with Zach Evans, uh, what's uh, Young, the the safety from uh, Iowa State, who's really really good. I mean, they brought Ole Miss. Uh, they lose. I'm sure, some they guys, had a but, decent recruiting class too, but not, without looking. Yeah, no, I think they did so. Uh, that's uh, some dudes coming in to Oxford for sure. And then my last uh, bit of college football news here, uh, Kamar Wheaton, Alabama running back. Uh, he just finished his, five, or his freshman season at Bama. Uh, he was a five-star kid out of the Dallas area. He's hitting the portal. And early word on the street is to expect him at SMU. Um, wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's a 100% done deal, but I feel confident that that's probably will end up. I, watch out for TCU too. Rashad Samples, Sonny Dykes, guys that recruited him to SMU, but that's kind of the word on the street is that he's expected to end up uh, at SMU. So that would be quite the get for the ponies. But uh, his initial recruitment was odd, so this time around might not be any different. And we now welcome in uh, all Big 12 selection at defensive end, Trace Ford. Trace, first off, how are the, how's the knee feeling? How, how's the rehab process been? Um, how are you doing? Uh, it's, it's doing good. The knee's doing good. I'm pretty much over the hump in the rehab process. I'm just pretty much with the team doing everything now. So 
just time will tell, I guess, at the point right now. Yeah. yeah. Which one, which was it your left knee that happened in, in fall camp or was it the right knee? Uh, I tore my left knee in fall camp. So that's in the year before it was your right knee? Yeah. And then in December, oh. I tore my right knee. How's the uh, the rehab process been second time around? Is it easier kind of knowing what you're what you're getting into? Yeah, I think it's been easier uh, physically, but definitely like tougher mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, I was just talking to them. I just, intramural softball just tore my, my same knee ACL for the second time. That's exactly what I thought. I think mentally it's like, I can't believe I go through this again. And I'm not yeah. trying to get back to football like you are, but uh, yeah, second time it's been easier. It's kind of weird how that works, but it's rough. Cause like the pain, the pain you feel the second time around, it's like, Oh, well this pain's like, it's supposed to feel like that. And then sometimes yeah. it's like, Oh crap, this isn't supposed to be like that. You know? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So. Um, Speaking of football, obviously, that's why we have you on, but the defense this year uh, was one of the, the best in school history, if not the best, would have been even better, presumably, with you out there. Um, can you touch a little bit on Coach Knowles' departure and then losing some of the, the guys that are moving on to the NFL or, or maybe the transfer portal? And then if you've had any communication with Coach Mason so far and uh, your initial reactions to him so uh yeah i met coach mason the other day in the weight room it was pretty cool i mean it was pretty short it was brief so nothing long yet but he seemed pretty pretty excited to be here i mean he's, he has good credentials so i mean i'm excited we got him out of anybody else uh coach Knowles, yeah that's that's a heartbreaker that was super sad i mean he's the guy that recruited me out of high school he's the guy that came to santa fe and walked the halls to find me you know, so it's kind of like like my dad, you know, in a sense, like, ah, like, you know, just leaving. It sucked, but, I mean, all the players leaving, also a surprise. I mean, I kind of thought it would be like the exact same defense next year, you know. So, obviously, mm-hmm. it will be some key roles that are going to have to be filled. I mean, but. The I transfer mean, portal is insane. It's insane. Like, I, what are your thoughts on it as a player? Like, I mean, it's this offseason, I mean, it seems like every team is losing – 10, 15 guys to the portal. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think it's business. I mean, I think athletes are finally starting to realize they can take advantage of the NCAA with NIL, with the rules where you can transfer and not be penalized. Like, it's a business decision. I mean, if someone's offering you actual money to go to a school and play football, like, it's hard to pass that up. Like, 19, yeah. 18, 20 years old, you know, it's like, whoa. Like, Definitely. I mean, I think it's a business. I mean, it sucks. Obviously, it's unfortunate, yeah. but yeah, you lose some, you get some. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and speaking of Edmond Santa Fe, OSU's had some pretty good success lately, recruiting some defensive end out of there. Uh, Calvin Bundage, obviously yourself, and then now Colin Oliver. Is it? Do you attribute any of that to Santa Fe, or do you think you guys? Um, because you guys kind of overlapped a little bit in high school, right? To where you were with Calvin for maybe a year or two, and then you were with Colin mm-hmm. for maybe a year or two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. I, I think that's so weird how that works. Uh, obviously, our defensive coordinator at Santa Fe, his name is Coach Rose. He's a great coach. I mean, he's Clearly. an OSU fan also. So, I mean, he definitely, like, it definitely, like, was known that we all liked OSU and at that school. So, it kind of just we're all worked out. But. He's a great coach, I think. Just athletes are in Edmond, you know? 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, Andrew, and what? Shetron? He's a Santa Fe kid too, right? Coming in? Yeah. 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 He's already here. Yeah. Oh, really? He, How I do they look? He's a spring and roll. How do the freshmen, any, any uh, real young guys that have impressed you in the uh, weight room? Nah, right now they're they're lifting pretty pretty weak. It's like the introductory <laughs> cast for them. But Talon, Talon's gonna be real good. He's gonna what? be real good. So who are some guys that you would uh keep that maybe us outside observers that on the defensive side of the ball that might not necessarily, you know, be the the name brands yet, but guys to to keep an eye out for uh next season? Mm. Kendall Daniels. For one, that that dude is a, a stud. He's a freak. Mason Cobb, he's a linebacker. Uh, retro freshman, he's he's gonna be a stud. Aiden Kelly, he's a deep tackle. He's gonna be a stud. There's a couple guys. There's a lot of guys. Like it's kind of scary how Jabbar Muhammad and Corey Black, they're gonna be great at corner this year. I can already call it. I mean, there's a lot of young guys. It's it's, it's really scary. And it's it's kind of as an OSU fan, anyways. It's nice to see in-state guys choose to stay in-state, but also choose Oklahoma State because two of the guys, well, Kendall, yourself, and then Aiden, those are all in-state guys. Um, so it is nice to see guys that grew up in the state of Oklahoma want to continue to play in the state of Oklahoma. But um, the defense, you talk about Mason Cobb too, and you can kind of see flashes of it even from just the limited snaps on defense, but then in special teams too, the way he's able to attack. And uh, he's, he's a really aggressive linebacker, it would seem, but he's not, he's not dumb. He didn't just go headhunting. He, he's, he's really smart and has good instinct. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. He's definitely the next Malcolm. He definitely has the IQ for it, the speed for it, the size for it. I mean. That's a, uh, hey. You heard it here first. That's a high a high bar right there. <laughs> you could definitely do it, though. So what – I mean, I'm sure you haven't had the, the chance to, like, really, really get to know Coach Mason yet, but from what you've seen or what you've heard, what do you expect? Do you expect any major, you know, schematical changes or are, like, is his approach similar to what Coach Knowles was doing? I mean, they run different defenses. Uh I've I've been told that we I mean I don't know it's just a lot of rumors going on you know yeah a lot of rumors going on of what will be what's going to happen no no coaches have given us any information about it so I guess we're just really just a waiting game right now for us to yeah makes sense have a defensive meeting tomorrow so maybe that'll give me some clues you'll get maybe learn some stuff yeah hopefully <laughs> but truly won't know until. It Probably honestly, not even spring ball, but the till fall camp next next summer. Well, yeah, spring ball should be like the glimpse of what what will be next year. Right. I mean, with some missing missing players, obviously. So, what's mm -hmm. like the winter schedule? Is it pretty much right now? Is it just working out? Are there rules for how much you can practice? Things like that in the winter. Uh, yeah, there's the rules about we have like film on Wednesdays. There's a limited amount of hours you can watch film with the like coaches during the week and stuff like that. But it's really just workouts at the moment. We work the out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, grind. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could have told you that one, Clint. I've listened to Stoner complain about fall camp and, and off season training. Well, it's Stoner, of course, he's going to complain. Oh my god! Stoner <laughs> complains and then he goes out there and just like 
no no emotion, just does everything. That's the thing. Yeah, first he just plays, does it. finishes first, and then like leaves. <laughs> it's a freak. No, he fall camp does sound. I must admit, I would yeah. be. I lesser men would be dead. I I don't know how you guys do it. That's it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's doable. It's doable. A lot of lot of. Uh, it kind of it kind of it kind of like gets you like set for the year, you know, because you kind of like aren't on your phone. You're not like worrying about your phone you're not worrying about like going out or anything at night because you're going to sleep right after practice like you're tired or dead like you're kind of just focusing on football and that's it so it kind of gives you like a whole like mental reset from like everything else so it's kind of nice yeah Yeah. that's how i see it yeah um a couple more i i'm just curious now that i'm thinking about it what's the your favorite place to play on the road and the toughest environment you've played in so far Mm. That's a good one. Uh, favorite place probably Oregon State. I thought that was that stadium was pretty cool. I mean, it was obviously it was my first game ever, so I mean, the whole thing about it was like pretty pretty. I remember it, but yeah. Uh, toughest environment probably Texas freshman year. That was insane. That was insane. That was an awesome game. Well, till the end, of course, that was an awesome game to be at. That was a really good atmosphere. You're there, really? Yeah. yeah. We, Dylan got us tickets, and a couple of us drove down. But that was that. Yeah. That, play, that place can get pretty loud. As much as I hate to admit it, um, when they pack that thing up, it, it gets up there. It was yeah. packed last year or this year. It was it was packed out. That game this year was, was crazy. That was was that if obviously you were. I'm not going to call you a fan this past season, but a little different role than than typical for you. But what was your favorite win of this past season? Uh, probably OU. I mean, for sure, easy yeah. OU it has to be. Yeah, has yeah. To be the answer. that that was different. That was so 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 much fun. When you do do injured guys travel for the bowl games? Everyone goes, right? Yeah, the whole team goes to the bowl game. Congrats on the PS5. Yeah. What what all? What did you get? Oh and, yeah, I know. And, Oh, that's subtle sweet. flex. No <laughs> one can get one. Is that the best? Is that your best bowl gift you've gotten yet? Yeah, for sure. How could for it not sure. be? Yeah. yeah. Well, were, were, you a, were you a PlayStation guy before then? Yeah, I got a PS4, PS3 before that, so it, was, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. The Xbox guys, open. it might have been a little tougher transition. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, I was, I was talking to Sione this past weekend and Aussie told me he was an Xbox guy this whole time, his entire life. But now that he has the PS five, he's just throwing them all away. He's going, he's PlayStation. He's guy. all in. Yeah. Understandable. It's funny. I, I mean, the PS five is nice, but I mean, it's not, it's not much different from the PS four. Honestly, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't say that to me as somebody who's trying to justify <laughs> spending the money on buying. one. You got to tell me it's like sick and definitely worth the money. Oh, it's smooth. It's definitely smooth. Like everything oh. is so, so smooth. That's the nice part. What's your favorite game to play on there? Resurgence. I mean, that's all I've been playing recently. Minecraft, Fortnite. There you Minecraft. Go. I think I haven't played Minecraft in a while. A long time. It's fun <laughs> though. It's fun to just get on there and just like if you're bored out of your mind, just yeah, just go crazy. Literally, it, yeah. yeah, literally do it. Like put yourself in a god mode where you can just like float around <laughs> exactly, and build yeah. anything you want. I remember when I was like 13, I spent way too much time building the OU stadium. I was, it was like all day. You built a full realized, stadium? Well, kind of. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> block for block. Yeah, I'm like, wow, I've spent an entire day. 
Well, I mean, you see the people that do that. Those people are just <laughs> insane. What else Obviously, are you they're do on a desktop on a winter day and 12, 13 years old. Good, good question. <laughs> I probably was playing NCAA football. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, now that's going to be, that's going to be, you got to, you might need a, so how much, how many years do you have left of eligibility? And how many do you think you'll, because with the COVID thing, I'm kind of, everyone's got like 12 years. So, I mean, yeah. So like, it would be a cool incentive to stay to see your. Yeah, it might be worth staying a little longer just to be on the game. <laughs> but, like I mean, three or four can... years left. <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, you know, I should be out when the That's game's done. That's insane. So, have you graduated yet? Uh, this is my third year in college. Okay. I graduated in the spring, though. That's wow. wild. Isn't You're going to be graduated and still have like three years left. Yeah. <laughs> Culinary arts next. <laughs> Yeah, the colon, that's the that's your next your next uh, step is uh, degree wise. No, it was a joke. Was, oh, okay, I was about to say like I was kind of thrown off. I was like, is that an actual an actual degree to issue? Uh, we have a we have a the, like the hospitality. Part, yeah, like that's why I would. I know there's people that do the hotels the hotel stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and let's. I was gonna let's get back real quick before we finish up just on football. So what's I mean obviously like every program like you going through offseason changes some guys leaving some guys coming in and more so with you guys with the coaching staff change but what's like just your outlook on next year um i guess from a from a team perspective and also defensively uh i think it'll be a fresh look i mean i think it'll be a little different from the past three years since i've been here at least i think it'll be exciting fun and i think we'll be fine especially on defense I, I can't wait to see offense. I mean, I feel like we need, we're need we missing, like, a couple linemen maybe. But our receivers, our quarterback, it, that, it's going to be a threat for sure. So. Yeah, we no, have our, our receiver room is stacked. Yeah. And yeah. it got even better with the freshman you guys brought in too, I feel like. Yeah. Got some dudes in there. <laughs> the, the O-line will get better having to go against you guys every day too. It's, I mean, that's trial by fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is we don't have many in the locker room right now. Yeah. I have one thing not football related. A lot of people don't know you were a two sport at two sport athlete in high school, or did you do track as well? I'm assuming I, I dibbled and dabbled in basketball. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, but multi-sport athlete in high school, uh, all three of us are jinx grads. My little brother was on the jinx team who you sent home packing in the state semifinal thanks to your walk-off grand slam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, wow. it was that – I'm going to guess that wasn't your first career home run. <laughs> no. Yeah. I didn't realize you played baseball until I saw the name on my, like, Twitter feed. The ball looked like – and I've played at Bigsby before. Clint, you've played at Bigsby before. Mm-hmm. The ball was looked 100 yards deep into the woods which is a moonshot. Do you, do you remember the pitch or like the, the at bat as a whole, or did you like black out? I I'm curious as somebody who's never hit a home run. I have no clue what that experience is like. Oh yeah. I remember it like vividly. Like I can see it right now. Yeah. It was, it was the first pitch. Um, so they walked the dude in front of me, his name was Blake Robertson. They walked him cause he's like a big time baseball player came here. Uh, and then they switched pitchers. 
So this is a whole new pitcher. He's warming up. I'm I'm telling the coach to pull me. I'm like, hey, pull me. Put someone else in the hit for me. <laughs> and he's like, no, you got this. You got this. And I get him in the box. I'm like, just hit a grounder and run it out, you know. And he throws this fastball just right down the middle. And I was just like, holy crap. And just turned on it. Yeah, mm. it, was, it was vivid. Yeah, the thing so was, the really, thing I didn't put crushed. the two together. So that was Coach Morgan's last game at Jake's. I believe so. You might have gotten this guy fired. You not, might have fired. Just you got it. You got our coach. Our coach did not coach another game of Jinx after that. Let's just say that. That's so, that's what you think did. about that when you go to bed. Today. Yeah, exactly. I hope you can sleep. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've got got anything else. And Clint, really? No, I'm 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 good. Well, Trace, really, really appreciate you uh, taking a couple minutes here to join us. Uh, looking forward to seeing. Uh, the revamped poke defense next year. Uh, I know big things are coming, so so good luck and uh, really appreciate it. Appreciate you, Thanks, Thank you so much for joining us, Trace. Uh, that was an awesome interview. Uh, the interview with Eddie was also great. So some really really good Oklahoma Oklahoma State content. Um, really appreciate everyone joining us for this episode. As always, give us a follow on social media at the Fifth Year Podcast on Instagram podcast on twitter and when you're on our twitter page uh click the link in the bio for our discord if you want to join that uh some good some good content being posted there start uh kind of sending some stuff in for those that want to keep up and that is really all we've got i appreciate as always and uh, a lot more good content to come more interviews uh more kind of insight into some programs uh hopefully so Uh, We'll be back next week, and as always, appreciate you listening.